following program is a peer-to-peer -peer advice show and does not diagnose mental health conditions. If you're seeking social services, please call or text 211 or go to 211.ca. Hello, listeners around the world on radio, streaming, and podcast services. This is It's Not Therapy. I'm Leanna Kersner, and I am not a therapist, but I am your source for navigating the madness of mental health, using my top 10 sayings for checking in with your best self. This week, the guest canceled due to illness, so I'm winging it since even the Super Bowl and Taylor Swift have become politicized. I want to talk about a common accusation you'll hear. Accusation, accusation, a common accusation you'll hear both in politics and outside of it that someone lied Someone lied. We hear it all the time. We're accused of it. We think other people do it. Lie, 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 lie. We seem to hear the word constantly now. Our collective relationship with lying and accusations of lying changed significantly during the administration of, you guessed it, Donald Trump. Newspapers like the New York Times, papers of record, took the step of deviating from their standard practice, which is just saying that something a figure said wasn't true. They moved away from that and took the step of outright calling Trump's statements lies. And they had their reasons. They were good reasons. But of course, that opened up the floodgates the minute one group uses a tactic, every group can use that tactic. So now every time someone makes a mistake, it's not being mistaken. It's not being confused. It's not a difference of opinion. It's not a misunderstanding. They're lying. But lying isn't just being wrong. It's not just having an opinion that someone disagrees with. And it's not criticizing someone if the criticism is based on facts. None of those are lies. A lie has a specific definition. According to the American Psychological Association, because the Canadian Psychological Association doesn't have one that's publicly available, a lie is a false statement or a false presentation known to be untrue that is made with the intention to deceive. So three parts. The statement or presentation is false. The person doing it knows it's false. And it's intended to deceive, not to just say, make a joke or goof around. There's no intent to deceive. If you say something that you assume someone is going to know is not true, that's why it's funny, right? A lie is a deliberate act. Someone can't accidentally lie, but people make excuses for lying all the time. They don't see certain lies as lies. Some people convince themselves that a lie isn't a lie if it's for a good or helpful reason. But that's not true. Lying for the best of reasons, is still lying. 
Now, we all lie sometimes. It's it's not the end of the world if you tell white lies or altruistic lies. More on that later. Something as simple as saying, I'm fine when you're really not. That's a lie that we all do, both because you don't want to get into it and social expectation, right? And obviously some lies are understandable, you know, giving an excuse for not attending an event because you don't want to hurt the person's feelings, but you really don't want to go. That's not a malicious lie. Now, we learn to lie. Most of us gain the ability to lie around the age of three, three years old. That's when we start lying. And three-year-olds, I don't know, (laughs) three-year-olds just lie. By the time most people are four, they've learned that lies are socially frowned upon. Some are even hurtful or harmful. Four years old, that's when we gain the the awareness of that most people. But school is hell. Four years old is when a lot of people start kindergarten. And it doesn't really get better until you hit, oh, what, 24? Yeah, school's hell for a lot of people because kids and teens and even young adults, keep in mind the brain doesn't fully mature until somewhere in the 20s, sometimes as as old as 28. People before that point, they're still working on their emotional regulation and impulse control. And one of two things happen during this period, especially when you're a kid or a teenager. Either a person is nurtured to understand that lying isn't worth the trouble and it's better to tell the truth, or someone's raised to believe that lies are only a problem if you get caught and you can't tell more lies to get out of trouble. Avoiding punishment is a big reason people lie. But interestingly, a fairly recent study of, uh, it was all white women, and that's important with this stuff, but a study, it's all white women, but it found that women were more likely to lie pro-socially, meaning to be nice or keep a secret to strengthen a social bond. And no one who spent a lot of time around girl world is surprised by that, but pro-social lies... It doesn't mean those lies are harmless. Again, as anyone who survived middle school girls can attest. Now, the complete list of the reasons people lie, well, that's as long as there are people in the world. But there are other general popular reasons people lie. You know, up there with avoiding punishment is avoiding negative evaluations. That means avoiding feeling feelings of shame or feeling judged, those internal bad feelings of having to admit that you failed or weren't good enough or were rejected for a reason. Then there's lying to impress others. That's referred to as heightened self-presentation. Then, no surprise, some people lie to obtain awards, rewards they don't deserve. We all know that one, right? That's different than just lying to impress other people. You know, actually getting something tangible out of it. Most people consider that worse than just, yeah, I'm good at that. I know things and stuff. You know, that's what heightened self-presentation is. 
these are all sort of, yeah, okay, we've all done these at some point, right? If we're really honest with ourselves, if we stop lying to ourselves, we've all done those sorts of lies, some more than others. But then there's secretive lies, lies we tell to protect personal information, like that weird rash you've got on your butt. No one needs to know about that, right? I'm not asserting that you, listener, have a weird rash on on your butt, but some people do. And if there's a weird rash on someone's butt, is that really so bad? It's probably not contagious, right? It'll just go away with a little court. You know what I mean, right? Some things are just embarrassing. We don't want people to know, you know, you snuck a cigarette in the middle of the night, lied about it, that kind of thing, right? Now, that's combination because that's also a self-protective lie. Even though you're damaging your health, you don't want to get in trouble. Now, self-protective lies are usually more than decreased social status. A lot of the time, they're to protect yourself against abuse and physical violence. A lot of the lies I told growing up were of that sort, either not letting people know what was going on at home, or I didn't want my parents to fight. I didn't want my father to yell at me and hit me. You know, I didn't want my mother to run away and cry and slam the door. You know, you know, we've all had that too, right? There's also not just self-protective lies. There's altruistic lies to protect another person or other people, you know, then there are what we consider more innocent lies, but they can really rock your world. You know, those pro-social lies that are fun, that parents tell their kids to encourage their imagination and get them to behave. Don't worry, parents, if you're listening with your kids right now, I won't say any of those just in case your kids are listening. I got your back, parents. I got your back. These are all lies we've done. Right. These are all things that we don't necessarily want to admit we do, but we do. Then there are reasons for lying that, well, personally, I consider these significantly more messed up. And yes, I'm judging more on that in a bit. Some people tell what are called careless lies. They just don't care about the truth and they don't care if they get caught. Yes, There are people like that out there who just don't care if somebody knows they're lying. Now, that's not the same as compulsive liars. A compulsive liar may not care that they lie, but some people tell careless lies situationally. It's not compulsively. A compulsive liar lies for no obvious purpose. It's just, it's a compulsion. They have to. They can't help themselves. And then there are people who lie because they actually like deceiving and manipulating people. Psychologists call this duping delight. I call it yikes. Now, you may disagree with me on which kinds of lies are the worst, and I expect that because apparently the lies you tell are based on testable personality characteristics, and we'll get into that. We'll break that down 
after the break. Questions, comments, concerns. There'll probably be concerns on this episode. Message me for any reason. Liana at nottherapyshow.com is my email. Nottherapyshow.com is the website. Join the mailing list while you're there or social media. The epicenter of lies. At nottherapyshow on excess Twitter, Instagram, and threads. When we come back, what your personality says you'll lie about. You're not going to want to miss this. Or maybe you will because you don't want to know what is done therapy. The following program is a peer-to-peer advice show and does not diagnose mental health conditions. If you're seeking social services, please call or text 211 or go to 211.ca. We're back on It's Not Therapy. I'm still Leanna Kirsten. I'm still not a therapist. And we're still talking about lying. The truth about lying. Before the break, I talked about various common reasons why people lie. The categories of lies. And in doing that research, I was fascinated to find out that the ways we lie actually correlate, at least current science tells us they correlate, to something called the Hexaco Personality Inventory. Technically, the Hexaco Personality Inventory revised. Now, what is the Hexaco, H-E-X-A-C-O, Personality Inventory? Well, it's an an inventory, a series of questions that measure six major dimensions of personality. Honesty, humility, your sincerity, fairness, greed, avoidance, and modesty. That's honesty, humility. Then there's emotionality, your fearfulness, anxiety, dependence, and sentimentality, emotionality, all that stuff. Then there's extroversion, you know, introvert, extrovert. Well, this measures extroversion, your social self-esteem, social boldness, sociability, and liveliness. That's extroversion, according to the Hexaco personality inventory. Then there's agreeableness versus anger, right? That's important because agreeable means you say yes to everything, but that's not what this version of agreeableness means. It means your forgiveness, gentleness, flexibility, and patience. That's what agreeableness means in this context. And then there's conscientiousness, the C of H-E-X-A-C, H-E-X-A-C, conscientiousness. Your organization, diligence, perfectionism, and prudence, conscientiousness. This is why I'm repeating so much because you're listening to this and so you have to make repetitions so people can follow along being conscientious. And then the O in H-E-X-A-C-O is openness to experience, openness to new experiences, your aesthetic appreciation, inquisitiveness, creativity, and unconventionality. So H, honesty, humility, E, emotionality, X, extroversion, even though that doesn't get with an X, A, agreeableness, C, conscientiousness, O, openness to experience. And then the test I took gives you an altruism score. Yes, I retested myself for this episode. And here's my results. I scored in the 98 percentile in honesty, humility. I scored middle of the pack in emotionality, which is not bad for someone with PTS. And then extroversion, I'm middle of the pack there. Woohoo, I'm getting better. Mid and agreeableness, no surprise there. 
80 percentile in conscientiousness. My lack of organization tanked my score there, but I was up there in the others. And then 99 percentile in openness with a big boost from those unconventionality and inquisitiveness pillars. This is why I interview people for a living. I like to know about people, even though I am an introvert. (laughs) So what does that mean about what I'm going to lie about? Well, it means I'm most likely to lie to keep personal information secret or what they call other-centered deceptive behavior for pro-social reasons. Yeah, ain't that the truth? I'm working on both those things. Now, because of my high honesty humility score, I lie less often than average. And science says I lie less often than average, or I'm more likely to lie less often than average. And overall, I'm less motivated to lie and manipulate because I don't think I'm better than other people and I'm not terribly greedy. Oh man, I wish the internet believed that. (laughs) Okay, so what do the rest of them mean? People who are high in emotionality. Again, I'm middle of the pack there. People high in emotionality lie to avoid unpleasantness or awkwardness, but they also lie for altruistic reasons. And yeah, I've made excuses to not go to certain events just because my PTSD was acting up and I couldn't handle not knowing who was going to be there, what was going to happen. It was going to be awkward. It was going to be unpleasant. I I, I made an excuse that that's true. That tracks, you know? So yeah, check, check another box. Extroverts, meaning not me, are more likely to lie for self-centered reasons. But Extroverts are also less likely to keep personal information secret. And knowing that is going to make me a lot less judgy of people who put their entire lives on the internet, even as I continue to worry for their personal security. They're not keeping that stuff concealed. You know, they're not keeping yourself concealed and lying about it is different. But, you know, they put it out there not because they're attention seeking. Apparently, more extroverted people just don't see the need to keep that stuff a secret via, you know, lies or concealment. Now, this doesn't mean extroverts lie more. It just means there are diff or less. It just means there are different reasons for the lies between introverts and extroverts. Remember, frequency of lying, motivation to lie, is tied to the honesty and humility score, not emotionality or extroversion, right? Now on to agreeableness. My Waterloo in girl world. (laughs) I'm average in agreeableness, but women tend to be more agreeable than men. And this should not surprise anybody. Uh, People more agreeable than me are less likely to lie to avoid punishment or shame. Now, I'm middle. I don't I don't go out of my way to lie to avoid punishment or shame. But, you know, I'm not going to be a doormat. And points to the agreeable people. They're less likely to be compulsive liars. Again, a lack of agreeableness doesn't mean someone is automatically a compulsive liar. I am not a compulsive liar because I am less agreeable. True compulsive liars are rare. According to some research, there are about 
5 to 13% of the population, but there isn't any real consensus. We just know, you know, you'll, you'll meet, depending on how many people you know, if you're like me and you know a lot of people and they tend to be in the media or, you know, more politically oriented, yeah, more compulsive liars there because those industries reward it, but rare. Regular person, compulsive liars are rare. Moving on to conscientiousness. Conscientiousness is another trait that correlates with lower frequency of lying overall. And conscientious people, like myself, don't tend to lie for selfish reasons. I found that really interesting. Lower conscientiousness scores correlated with higher likelihood of compulsive lying and duping delight. So less conscientious people more likely to enjoy deceiving just for the sake of deceiving. I'm not sure why this is so, this is just what the data says. Please don't extrapolate. I'll, I'll get to that in a bit. Because finally, there's the openness trait that I am off the charts on, which correlates with a greater likelihood to tell pro-social lies. And I mean, who says Jedi aren't real, right? Like, may the force be with you. Hey, people put it on, on their census form as a religion, right? Jedi are technically real. We may live in a multiverse where awkward teenagers can have vampire boyfriends. It could happen. I mean, like the Marvel multiverse, you know, it's theoretically possible. Just so we're clear, I don't really believe that. I'm just giving you an example of those pro-social childlike lies, the stories we tell to kids of, you're Spider-Man, you know, like that kind of thing. Somebody dressing up as Spider-Man who really isn't Spider-Man, but you tell the kids they're Spider-Man. Who says they're not Spider-Man? They could be Spider-Man somewhere in the Spider-Verse, you know, canon events and all that. There we go. Now, joking aside, this information shouldn't be used to prove whether someone is lying. Because hopefully by now you see that this is a complicated balance of factors. In fact, you can take some reassurance from the research that found that the most common motivations for lying across the board are, number one, altruistic reasons. Altruistic reasons to help other people. Second one, my favorite, keeping personal information secret. I shouldn't say it's my favorite. It's just something I'm aware that I do. Um, and then avoiding judgment is number three. So you've got most people in altruistic reasons, the introvert keeping personal information secret, and the extrovert avoiding judgment, being well-liked. Again, malicious liars are rare. So that person you think is a filthy lying liar face statistically speaking, probably not. I mean, sure, they're out there. But the filthing lying liar face, that's not most people. It's important to keep in mind that the average person is, listen to this, the average person is only slightly better than chance at determining whether someone is lying. No, really, only slightly better than chance. So that certainty that you have, that someone is deliberately deceiving you, you don't have proof, but you just know, sorry, you might as well flip a coin. You're just as likely to be right. Now, 
I find all this data better used for self-reflection than predicting other people, except for the, you know, we're, we don't tend to be very good at knowing whether someone's lying without evidence. I use the stuff about hexaco, you know, and lying more for self-reflection than predicting other people because I know my motivations and whether I'm telling the truth. I'm guessing or assuming with other people. You know, so I ask myself, is that pro-social lie I want to tell to embellish, you know, make it a better story or to make it more entertaining or to make a kid laugh? Is that really helping someone? It might not be. And maybe I could stand to be a little less secretive and more honest about why I'm not going places, especially now since I've put this on the radio. People are like, what are you talking about? You talk about yourself all the time on this show. You divulge personal information that's embarrassing and vulnerable. And yeah, it's scary. It's really, really scary. I feel like I have to walk the walk if I'm going to talk the talk and tell people, hey, I know, I know what I'm doing. Listen to me. The whole thing about peer counseling is vulnerability. But if I think too hard about what I'm putting out into the universe, ah, let's not do that, okay? I'm working on that. My co-developer on the video game I'm making is extroverted as anything. He has like no personal secrets. Somebody says, you know, something that... I would be super embarrassed if somebody knew. He's like, yep, it's a good example. We balance each other out. It's awesome. He's a great guy. And the other thing I'm working on is I know I have a tendency to protect people even when they don't deserve protecting. I know I fall on my sword and will, you know, cover up what someone else did. Part of it is is training. Part of it is you know, wishing I had people who had my back more, even though that's irrational, because I wouldn't want someone to lie for me, you know? But it's also partially because I'm protecting myself by protecting other people. I'm used to people not believing me when I tell the truth. I assume, if I don't catch myself, that if I tell the truth, someone else will just call me a liar, and people will believe that other person instead of me. It's happened so many times I've lost count. Because again, people know better than a coin flip. And people like to believe what's fun, not what's true. This is why I'm not in politics. That and the number of cosplay pictures focused on my butt on the internet. Don't ask. Remember, personal. Oh, God. What do we do <laughs> when someone lies? Let's move on. I'll get to that after the break. Leanna at nottherapyshow.com or nottherapyshow.com. Join our mailing list if you check out my website or at nottherapyshow on X as Twitter, Instagram, and threads. Send me a message, questions, comments, concerns, anything you want. When we come back, we're going to talk about what to do when you've been lied to after the break. The following program is a peer-to-peer advice show and does not diagnose mental health conditions. If you're seeking social services, please call or text 211 or go to 211.ca. We're back in at Set Therapy. I'm still Leanna Kersner. I'm still not a therapist. And we're still talking about lying. We talked about 
why people lie. We've told the truth about why people lie. We've talked about who. <laughs> you can tell I'm uncomfortable. I'm doing the radio voice. Yeah, WKXC TV. You know, sucking at 60 a.m. in Mississauga. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, drop the act. Huh. We've talked about who is most likely to lie, in which ways. Now I want to get to what to do when you're lied to or you're lied about. And later, we'll get to what to do when you're accused of lying and you're actually telling the truth. Hang in there. These are all things I have a lot of experience with. Again, remember, most people are no better than chance at determining whether someone is lying. But sometimes you catch someone flat out in a lie. And there's no doubt they didn't tell you the truth. And it was deliberate. This is where the different types of lies come into play. Remember, most people don't lie for malicious reasons. Now, if you've determined someone is lying for malicious reasons or just for the sheer joy of lying, the only way to protect yourself is distance. People like that, even if they're not compulsive liars, they're not going to stop lying. Because it's, it's right in the definition. Either they don't care that they lie or they actively enjoy it. Again, only about one in 20 people, one in 10 people is a compulsive liar. It's rare, not impossible. Emphasis on rare. So what about everybody else? What about those nine, eight or nine other people out of every 10 you meet? Well, if someone just lied to stay out of trouble, that may still be a problem. You know, if somebody lied to get something they didn't deserve, that's probably a problem. It can mean you can't trust them to tell the truth when it's important. That's also the case when someone lied to avoid upsetting you. Better the little upset early than the public humiliation and upset later. It's completely up to you. If you catch someone in a lie and you want to give them another chance, there are a lot of reasons to do that. But try not to feel forced to forgive because then it's not really forgiveness. No, I don't forgive you has to be a valid answer for yes, I forgive you to matter. And keep in mind, please listen, listen, children. Keep in mind that if you just let the lie go, let it go like Elsa, you're giving the person permission to lie to you again in future. What? Hear me out. This is something people really don't like hearing, but please learn from my mistakes. If someone's lying to avoid judgment or consequences, then and then there's no consequence or negative judgment for lying when they get caught, then why wouldn't they lie again? It's a win-win, right? They got away from the consequence of telling the truth, and then there was no consequence for lying. They got exactly what they wanted from lying. And I've talked about this on other shows. For someone to change, staying the same has to be more painful than changing. So... Unless lying is painful, they're going to keep lying because the consequences of telling the truth are more painful than lying, right? There was almost no consequence to lying. The consequence of telling the truth would have been really, really bad. So stay the course. 
You may think this sounds extremely transactional, and guess what? It is. It's also fact. There must be a consequence to lying when when it hurts. Now, it can be as simple as the person having to come clean about what they did and listening as you tell them how much the lie hurt you. The empathy alone, they don't want to make you feel that bad so they won't do it again. That would be ideal. It could require more than that. But red flag, if someone isn't even willing to listen to the pain it caused you, if you get a, I said I was sorry, when you try to talk about it, they're probably going to lie again because they're running away from the, the consequence of the lie. They don't want to face it. And so someone lies to avoid negative consequences and they avoid negative consequences when they get caught. Well, they haven't learned anything. They can't accept the consequences. So they're going to lie and lie and lie and lie, try to outrun consequences. Now, you may not want to believe this. I didn't want to believe this. Please learn from my mistakes again. Remember, Lying is correlated to character traits, and character traits take a lot of effort to change. And people who lie to avoid pain need equivalent pain to make changes. Now, (laughs) don't run away with this. That doesn't mean you get to abuse a person when you catch them lying. No, absolutely not. That's not okay. Not only is it morally wrong, it just gives them more excuses to lie to you. Because, you know, the consequences of your wrath are terrible. Now, I used to get told that I was scary when I was angry. And so I let a lot of people lie to me because they said it was my fault. They lied to me. That you're scary when you're angry was the reason people gave me for lying to me and going behind my back. Now, they never tested what would happen if they told me the truth in the first place. I missed that. And I believed that I was the reason people were lying to me for a long time, but that was another lie. I wasn't that scary, never hit anybody, never threw anything at someone, didn't even yell for that long. I just had honest emotions and I'm kind of logical when I get angry. Remember, I'm not super high in emotionality. Remember, that's just not me. The truth was, There was a bigger bully that they were more afraid of. And I was easier than that bully to manipulate with criticism. And if you're hearing purring right now, that is my cat, Scout. Hi, Scouty. This was a hard lesson for me to learn, that I was being manipulated by well-meaning people who were just trying to outrun the bully. These were people who claimed to care about me. And I guess in their own way, they did care about me. But they were so deep in reactive fight, fawn, and flight mode that they weren't even aware that they were lying. They, they were saying things that weren't true. But they were going so fast. They were lying out of fear. They weren't stopping to think about what they said was true. It was just the most convenient thing at the time to avoid trouble. And then on top of that, there were relatively few consequences to lying to me com- compared to drawing the actual abuser's wrath. Most of those people are gone now. And I've got a 
ton of scars and a few good stories. Now, I shouldn't say scars. A lot of what happened to me back then, there's still somewhat open wounds. Deception and betrayal take a long time to heal from. I only even started healing when I realized that tough fact. I was giving people permission to lie to me. Worse, I was actively encouraging the lying because I was too afraid of criticism, rejection, you know, abandonment to really set any consequences, set any boundaries for lying. And, you know, top 10 phrase, people don't have to like your boundaries, but you do have to respect them. And in order for people to respect your boundaries, they have to be there. A year of trauma therapy, people, that's what I learned. If you don't set boundaries and you don't enforce those boundaries, the lies won't stop. Anything that excuses boundary busting is another lie. There is never a good reason to violate someone's boundaries. Respect the boundary, then negotiate, but do not deliberately violate someone's boundary as a negotiation tactic. Don't do it. It's manipulative. Questions, comments, concerns, Leanna at NotTherapyShow.com. NotTherapyShow.com is the website. Join the mailing list if you check out the website. Send me a contact form or check me out on social media at NotTherapyShow on Twitter. That's X now. Instagram. I actually posted something on Instagram this week. And threads. That's the Twitter version of Instagram. When you catch someone lying, okay, when you catch someone lying either to you or about you, Expect that there will be layers of lies. And it'll hurt to realize how badly you've been deceived. And that's when, remember I told you this, it's their fault for lying. It's not your fault for trusting. And that's especially if they're compulsive or malicious liars. Remember, that's a minority of the population. Most people are not. It's better to give benefit of the doubt because lying, it's on them. It's their fault for lying. It's not your fault for trusting. Top 10 phrase, don't let problems that aren't your fault lead to mistakes that are Top 10 phrase, core values are more important to relationships than common interests. Honesty is a core value. If it's not shared, that's not on you. Don't blame yourself for being lied to so that you have trouble trusting other people in future who deserve it. Again, remember, the average person is no better than chance at detecting deception. If you've had a bunch of liars in your life, either it's your environment. I worked in the, I work in the media. I work in the media. Ton of liars. Ton of liars. That's why it's nice to have proof I'm not one. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There's no proof. There's correlations. We are careful with the science reporting here. But again, it's their fault for lying. It's not your fault for trusting. Just don't give them permission to lie to you further. And that'll take us into our final break. After our final break, I'll tell you what to do when you're falsely accused of lying. The answer will surprise you. I'm being a little clickbaity here, but no, seriously, the answer will probably surprise you and you're probably not going to like it. So 
Stay tuned. Leanna at NotTherapyShow.com. Questions, comments, concerns. Ticked off at me for this ending. Go to my website, NotTherapyShow.com. Fill out the contact form. Join our mailing list while you're there. Add NotTherapyShow on X, Twitter, Instagram, and threads. When we come back, what happens when you're falsely accused of lying? program is a peer-to-peer advice show and does not diagnose mental health conditions. If you're seeking social services, please call or text 211 or go to 211.ca. We're back in Insta Therapy. I'm still Leanna Kirsner. I'm still not a therapist and we're still talking the truth about lying. And I promised you before the break, I'd talk about what to do when you're falsely accused of lying. When you told you're lying and you're telling the truth. And here's what I've learned from experts on this subject that maybe I'll be able to get on the show one day um, when people aren't sick. Um, here's, here's the most honest response when someone's not lying. I'm not lying. Because they're telling the truth, they haven't been prepared to back up that truth. A lot of the time, Trust me with this. There aren't receipts of any kind. There's no paper trail. There's no audio recording. Remember, I said it's their fault for lying. It's not your fault for trusting. And when it comes down to it, when you find your people, your people will believe you. I had a really painful but somewhat inspiring experience this past weekend where someone started lying about this other person. Well, me as well, but that's because I got involved and defended the innocent person. So I asked for it. It's still their fault for lying. It's not my fault for originally being in this person's circle. But it was really nice. The number of people who believed the innocent party because they knew who she was. They knew what her values were. And we all knew that the lies that were being told about her didn't match her personality. And, you know, the accusations that she lied, well, she wasn't someone we knew to lie. And this is what happens. It's a war of attrition when you're a truthful person against a liar. Because accusing you of lying... They may be mistaken, but oftentimes it's just a way to cover their own tracks. And over time, people will see the lies will pile up and they'll get caught in more and more lies. And so if you've got evidence that you didn't lie, share it if if you really trust the people. But I've found in my experience, unless it's a court, again, People don't tend to be really good at what they're looking at. If you don't know how to prepare a paper trail, if you don't know how to take an, a proper audio recording, most people are going to hear what they want. And when you start releasing correspondence to a group or worse, in public, people are going to hang on your every word and 
if they're looking to find something, if they're inclined to sympathize more with the other person because they see themselves in them more. Remember, I am not agreeable or extroverted. People don't just naturally like me. I have to earn it, right? So in in a battle of honesty between me and some big big American influencer with millions of dollars and even more followers, you know, I'm going to lose. His audience is going to believe him instead of me because they want to. And the truth is that the people who matter will believe you. You may have to change jobs. Your reputation may take a public drubbing, you know, especially if you're accused of lying and it sticks, which is the reason more and more good people aren't going into politics. You have to be prepared to be called a liar to run for office these days. And most people don't want to put themselves through it. They don't want their good name sullied. They, it's painful to be accused of lying when you're not lying. And the other thing you learn about the media and politics is how little penalty there is for lying. Most of the time, remember, people lie to get out of trouble, not to get into trouble. And so it's hard to learn to just stand in your truth. Just, I'm not lying. Believe me or don't believe me. It's hard. It, it's hard. It's every bone in your body. You want to defend yourself. But w- what I do is I cut myself off. You know, I'll give myself one conversation or I'll give myself four or five email exchanges. And if somebody still doesn't believe me in that time, they're not going to, they don't want to, and I'm, I'm going to cut my losses because I will not associate with people who believe I'm a liar. I know I'm not. Why would I do that? But it's amazing how many people, again, because they're afraid of rejection or criticism or insults or abandonment or abuse, Stay with people who either legitimately believe they're a liar or are lying about believing they're liars. That's not healthy. If someone is going to question your honesty based on nothing more than their opinion and because, you know, their preference, quite frankly, those aren't your people. And again, if they do it and it gets them what they want, They will do it again and again and again. It's the pain for pain, pleasure for pleasure principle. And you may be dealing with one of those rare people who like to call truthful people liars because, you know, they delight in duping people. They are dyed-in-the-wool con artists. Or they might be a compulsive liar who just goes, I'm not lying, you're lying. And because they've conditioned the people around them, to, to let them off the hook because, well, there's nothing we can do. Well, you're going to end up on the losing end of that. And like I said, you're not going to like the answer. But oftentimes, if you're accused of lying and you know you're telling the truth, the best thing to do is often say nothing or walk away. Don't let problems that aren't your fault lead to mistakes that are. Listen twice before you talk once. Um, We haven't gotten into how to know somebody's lying because 
I think that'd be irresponsible. We need a whole show to do that. And and we're out of time. NotTherapyShow.com, Leanna at NotTherapyShow.com is my email. NotTherapyShow on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, X, that's Twitter. This was a crazy show with a lot of crazy information, a crazy amount of information, but that's okay. It was all good crazy. Not bad crazy, good crazy. Remember, you're crazy is only a problem if it's hurting you. Speak truth to your crazy. Be true in your crazy. Be good crazy. I I don't really think I'm a Jedi. Talk next time.